We're going to get into the word tonight. Um, a few weeks ago, um, I could tell on myself, but I'm going to just let, maybe I won't. But anyway, <laughs> um, God put on my heart to talk about um, forgiveness. And um, so we get to study this subject for the next few weeks on um, Sunday evening. And um, I can by no means say that I am an expert on this subject, but God just placed it on my heart. And so I've just been studying his word and he's been showing me different things. And I just, you know, he just keeps telling me like, you know, there are things that he needs for us to do in these end times, and we just need to be ready. And so, you know, there's some things that we might need to work on. There's some things, you know, people think that, you know, because we're a Christian and because we have God on our side, you know, that we shouldn't, we won't have any trials or we won't go through anything and that life is going to be so easy. And, you know, but, but that's not true. I mean, we're people, we live in a, a broken world. We live here on this earth and there's sin in this world. And so we need to learn how to navigate in this world and we need to learn how to be the people of God and stand up and be who he's called us to be. So, you know, just because we have the title Christian doesn't mean that we just get to skate through life and not do some things. You know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, you know, continually grow in the things of God and continue developing the things of God and that we don't need to make adjustments in our character or in our attitudes or in our actions and all those different things. But no, we have the word of God that helps us every single day that we can grow, grow in our character, grow in our closeness with God, you know, grow in those things. It's not like, oh, okay, I became a Christian and, you know, what's else? Maybe I'll tell somebody about Jesus. But no, we can live in an amazing life and we can do great things for God and we can fulfill his plan and purposes for our lives, but sometimes we need to tweak some things in our life and we need to make adjustments and we have an amazing father who continually to teaches us and, and talks to us and helps us and loves us and gets us in the place where we need to be so he can provide the best blessing and the best things for us. Amen? So this subject of forgiveness is not like the run around the room, the most exciting thing, you know, maybe you want to hear and you want to talk about, but it's super, super important. And one of the reasons why it's super important, I'm going to go to the end of my message before I start at the beginning. And so the reason why I'm going to go to the end of the message, um, one of the scriptures I have is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 2 in the New Living Translation. And it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceable and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth? If you're truly going to pray for people and intercede for them, you cannot have unforgiveness in your heart. God's not hearing you. You're wasting your time. And you can't truly pray for someone that you have ought against. You, these are things that we have to take care of, you know. So if God's going to use us in prayer and God's going to use us in the end days, then we got to deal with some stuff maybe on the inside. You know, a lot of times we think that we can walk around with unforgiveness or we can feel some kind of way towards someone because of the way that they've treated us. And so what I want to start this, um, this message off with is God's forgiveness towards us. 
So we start there and we see how it's done. Because if he's asking us to do it, it's so cool that he, he, the way he's asking us to do it, he's like, but I'm going to show you how to do it first. And we see how Jesus does it. And he's not even asking us to forgive on that same level, which I was like, oh my goodness, you know. But there's something that we can learn from Jesus. So we're, we are familiar with God forgiving us. You know, that's a little easier for us to understand. You know, when you became a Christian, you learned that, you know, we had sin and, you know, you walked through the Romans road and, you know, you had sin. And so sin separated us from God. And so we repent of sin and we become a Christian. And we, we understand that. We understand God's forgiveness. But what is really hard sometimes is us being able to forgive other people because of pain, because of emotion, because of hurt, because maybe they didn't ask for forgiveness. They're not even sorry. I'm supposed to forgive you and you're not even sorry? Why am I wasting my time and my words? Because it's not for them, it's really for you. And that, the best thing about that is God provides a way for your heart and your mind to be clear and your mind to be right. Because when you offer forgiveness for somebody else, your forgiveness or your, your part or your freedom from that situation is not based on their response. And that's how loving and how wonderful God is. So you can forgive somebody and they can be like, whatever, and they can go off and do their thing. But if your heart is right, then God can continue to bless you. He continue to use you. Your mind is clear. You're able to, to go to him in prayer free and, and whatever. And even though that person may not receive it, that's not up to you. And I mean, I love that. Because it may be hard enough to offer forgiveness, but then if it was based off of whether they received it or not, now you can't go and go, I'm sorry. I tried. It's, it's how kids do, you know, when they do something wrong. Go tell your brother you're sorry. But he did, da-da-da-da-da. I grew up with a brother, and I mean, they do stupid stuff. I don't know what it is with boys. <laughs> I was watching this video. I was, I was watching this video on um, TikTok, actually, and it says um, how, how guys treat a woman versus how they treat their sister. And it was the funniest thing ever. So it shows that, you know, when it's just a random woman, like he walks up and he pushes the chair in for her, opens the door for her, grabs her stuff, and oh, can I help you, whatever. And then the second half of the video, it's like, but if it's your sister, when she goes to sit down, you pull the chair out. And when she goes to open the door, you close the door. And then it shows her pouring something and he snatches the glass. And I was like, that's so true. That's exactly how brothers are, you know? And so when they do stuff like that, you know, as kids, your parents are always like, go tell them you're sorry. And I'm like, but they did this. You know, and so you go over and you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but are you really? And that was my sorry so many times. And then I just get spanked for it, you know, and then I have to get in line that way because I couldn't just go do that. You know, I always had to do things the hard way. I was definitely that child. But I'm so thankful that, you know, when we truly repent and we truly, you know, um, need to offer forgiveness or we need to um, be forgiven for something, that if our hearts are right, God in heaven forgives us. So our theme scripture is Ephesians 4.32, and um, that says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, 
just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, I want to read that scripture in context. So I'm going to start in verse Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. And this is in the New Living Translation. And it says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. I like that. Instead, use your hand for good work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The reason why I read that context is because if you do all of the things before this theme scripture, then it helps you to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving to one another. So, you know, that scripture is not just all out of the blue going, you know, just be kind to people, be tenderhearted, forgive them. But the scriptures before that say, stop lying, stop stealing, stop doing all of these sinful things, stop acting like the world. Then when it comes to doing the things that you're supposed to do, it's a little bit easier if you're not living like the devil. So then when it's time to make the hard decision, you're like, you know what? I've been, walk I've been telling the truth, even though it was challenging, you know, or I knew that telling them the truth would possibly hurt them. Or, you know, I didn't steal or I didn't do these different things. Like, I've been living the way that God has called me to live. So then, yes, it is. I can be kind because I've received that same kindness. I can be tender-hearted because I've received that same tender-heartedness from God. I can forgive because God has forgiven me. So it's helpful when he tells you to live a certain way to live that way. Even how you talk. You can't talk out of two sides of your mouth talking crazy, using all these, you know, doing all this craziness, and then, oh, it makes a difference. So Ephesians 4.32 in the Amplified says, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, 
forgiving one another freely and readily as God in Christ forgave you. God forgave our sins. Acts 2:37 through 38 in the New Living Translation says, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God made it possible for our sins to be forgiven through Jesus. I'm going to skip down. This is the part that really got me, honestly, when I was studying. When I really dug into this, it just really, Luke chapter 24, verse 32. I'm going to take y'all there with me. So Luke 24, 32, in the New King James Version says, There are also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. This is it. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, I, how many of you have ever, um, in this room, you've been in a communion service where Pastor Andy has really broken down what happened to Jesus, um, you know, th how he was tortured, and, you know, just everything that he went through. I mean, it's, it was a lot. He went through a lot for us. I mean, he was beat so bad, he was unrecognizable. All the stripes, all the taunting. I mean, you know, you read when he went before Pilate and he went before Herod and, and you know, all these, all these leaders were in the room. Now, the very same people who he came and he was helping and, you know, they all, you know, turned on him. And at one point, you know, he's standing in the, and Pilate and, and Herod and they're at, Pilate's like, you know, did you do anything wrong? You know, why, why, why do you guys have a problem with this man? You know, whatever. Isn't he, you know, what he's done is not that bad. I don't find him guilty of anything. And they were spitting on him. So he's standing there, and these people are spitting. I mean, one after another, one after another, spitting on him. And then after that, then they came, and they were just hitting him. He didn't do anything wrong. Jesus didn't try to defend himself. He didn't go, you know, well, all I did was, you know, heal him. You know, I was, I was nice to him. These accusations are not true. You know, when Pilate was like, I don't see any guilt in him, Jesus didn't say, I agree, I didn't do nothing wrong. No, but he took it for us. He took our guilt, our shame, and then, so he's, he's on his way up to the cross, and what they did was they, um, there was like a crossbar thing, you know. I mean, you can read all in the detail, the, the time of that day, how the Romans crucified people. It was like the worst way to die. I mean, the, the worst way to die. I mean, they, they tortured him, you know. So at this point, you know, he's, he's got flesh removed. His back is all exposed. They put him up on this crossbar. They take these long nails. They drive him into his, his arms. They, they cross the feet. They drive him into his feet, you know. And then, 
then there's a big hole in the ground. So after they do all that, where they're laying down, they take the cross and they drop it in the ground. So you're, you're hanging like this. And as you get dropped in the ground, well, then your whole body gets shaked. And, and then, you know, one of the ways they died was because of suffocation. So as they're on the cross, you know, they're slumped down like this. And the whole time they're trying to push themselves, they were trying to push themselves up to be able to breathe. So, I mean, just a torturous, horrible way to die. And as Jesus is on the cross, now, if you can imagine, if you're in that much pain, whatever is in you is what's going to come out. So most times they were crucifying criminals. So everybody in, that was there to watch, all the soldiers, they're used to hearing people cursing, yelling, you know, um, um, saying all kind of stuff to them as they're, you know, if, people up on the cross is who I'm talking about. You know, the criminals are yelling out to all these soldiers and as they're hanging up there, you know, they're yelling foul stuff to them and, you know, they're, they're on their way out, but they're in pain. So they're yelling all this stuff. But here they have this man who they've crucified and put up on the cross and he's not yelling out foul language. He's not hollering at them and saying, I don't belong up here. You guys wrongly, he's not hollering out saying that. You know what he did in all of that pain? He's up there and they're yelling at him still. They're spitting on him and Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Now I've experienced some hurt in my life. I've gone through some different things but not to that level. No one has come close to that level. You know, most of the times people are yelling out, I didn't do anything, like it wasn't my fault. I'm innocent. They're wrong. You know, he, Jesus could have yelled that, my daddy's gonna get you. <laughs> right? That's what you do. I don't know if you've ever grown up, you know, and had somebody come after you. You better stop. I'm going to tell my daddy. I'm going to tell my mama, you know, they're going to come get you. It's okay. You can beat me up because I'm going to bring all my friends and all my homies and we're going to get you. Jesus didn't say that. He wasn't like, it's okay. Do what you're going to do because I'm going to get the angels and I, everybody. We're going to come after you. We're going to get you in your sleep. No. <laughs> he took it. And he said, Father, forgive them. And you know, when he uttered those words, that was him taking on our guilt, taking on our sin, taking our place. He was treated horribly, horribly. And what was in him was what came out of him. He prayed for us. You know, you've ever hit your hand before? Smashed a finger? What do you say? Some people say ouch, but some people don't. <laughs> What's in you is what come out. You stub that little pinky toe, you catch it on the door, and it's like... <laughs> What's in your head, though? 
Jesus on the cross, enduring all that pain. What was in his head? You, 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 me. All those people down there spitting on him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't realize. You know, we, we read about in Acts, we read about Stephen being stoned. And um, he was, you know, wrongfully killed. And while he's being stoned, you know, the first thing Stephen does, he goes, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then after that, he says, Father, forgive him. He thought about himself first. And then he offered forgiveness. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't say, God, you know, I'm in so much pain. This hurts so bad. Oh, these people, people, people. No. His prayer was, Father, forgive him. And then into his hands, he committed his spirit. Us first. Everything he did was for us. Isaiah 53, 12 in the New Living Translation says, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. So Isaiah prophesied about him interceding for us on the cross. That's what he was doing. As the pain went through his body, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This was him acting out of a lifetime habit of praying for us, interceding for us. The sufferings he was enduring could not prevent him from holding fast to his sonship. The indignities, the injustices surrounding his arrest and trial have in no degree shaken his faith in the love and approval of his father. He stayed focused. You know, it's like Pastor Andy was talking about this morning. Staying focused on the prize. Staying focused on the race. Staying focused on what he was called to do. Every single day, Jesus prepared for what he was called to do. Every single day he spent time with his father before he stepped out. And I like how, um, you know, I've always thought of this prayer um, in Matthew 6. Um, we all know the prayer. I'm kind of skipping around in my notes, so that's why um, uh, I'm going to get to it. Okay. I know the prayer and I can't. Oh, here it is. Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 15. Jesus instructed us to pray like this. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your 
sins. That prayer, elements of that prayer, are something that is really good to keep in your daily prayer. And I think that's how you do it. You know, that's a good prayer to help adjust our attitude and to keep us right, you know, and to always remember, you know, every day get up, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I forgive those who have wronged me, who have hurt me. If you start your day that way, in that attitude, in that place, then when things come, you're able to deal with them from a place of victory. That's why it's so important to spend time with God in the morning. You know, I'm a night person. I love to study and do everything at night. But because I'm a night person doesn't mean that I don't talk to God in the morning. I may spend more time at night, but I realize, you know, at night I'm at home by myself and I go to bed. It's me, myself, and I. I'm not dealing with anybody. But during the day, I people. And we need help peopling. Because people are people. No matter how you slice it, no matter how you change it, we are people. And we have not arrived, as Pastor, v, Pastor Andy shared with us today, we have not arrived to the place of perfection, but we should be walking that way. That should be our goal for our character and our attitudes to be continually changed into the way that God has called us to be. But that's an everyday thing. Every day we have to put our flesh under. Every day we have to make decisions to follow Jesus and to do things his way. Every day we have to decide to not let our emotions be in charge of us. Every day we have to make that decision. And I don't know about you, every time I have some really good times of prayer, that's usually when it comes at me real good after that. And I get that test. I've had the amazing time. Oh, I got all my worship songs down. I got my, my, I've been singing to myself and, you know, had a great time in prayer. And it's like, as soon as I step outside, like, now why did the neighbors put their trash can right in front of my driveway? I live on a street where all the trash has to be lined up on my side of the street. It's the most annoying thing ever. And I'll be like this, and then I come outside, and I'm like, I came back out of my driveway. I got to get out and move the neighbor's trash can. I had this one neighbor. He's gone now. I had a lot of neighbors. But, I mean, I had to walk in love all the time because every time... Okay, so there's this walkway, there's a space in between my house, and I had to learn how to forgive my neighbor because he just irritated it's not on me. It's just common sense. There's one walkway that we share, and your trash cans are in my walkway every single time. So every time I had to go to my backyard to get my trash cans and bring it up to the front, his trash cans are right there. And I'm just like, oh, goodness. I want to knock on the door. Can you just move your trash cans up against your house? Why do I have to move your trash cans to get to my trash cans? Every single time. And you know what? I kept dealing with that, kept dealing with that, kept dealing with that. And finally I realized, I'm like, now, I'm offended at my neighbor because he can't put his trash can up against the wall. And I would be so irritated. And I had to learn how to walk in forgiveness. And sometimes it's just something that little and that stupid that hinders you from what God has for you. It may not be a big thing because we can see a big thing coming. But those little things, we think we can leave those little things in our lives and they won't affect us. That was a little thing. And every Monday... It took me out of peace. It took me out of joy. It made me upset every single Monday. 
my God, you're so good. You fight my battles. I got the victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pull out and I get out to go take my trash. Even in the little things, we take care of the little things. And when you conquer those little things, they help with the big things. But don't make light of the little things. Treat the little things the same way you treat the big things. Because you have plenty of opportunities along the way. And then when that big thing comes, you know, we, a lot of times when big things hit, we're oh, God, I don't know what to do. But I'm like, we've had opportunity all along the way. Walking in love walking in forgiveness, walking in peace, getting up every single day, saying, God, forgive me, and I extend forgiveness. I forgive those who hurt me. On purpose, and even if they didn't know it. Because sometimes we carry around things and the other people don't even know that it's a problem. And we've turned it into this whole big old thing. And it's hindering our relationship with God. It's hindering our relationship with them. They come walking up and you're like, how are you just going to come up here and say hi to me when yesterday or 45 days ago you said this to me? You know 45 days ago that bothered me. And you're just going to come in here like 45 days ago you didn't tell me that I looked good. You know, I mean, sometimes it, it really is like something like that. And you're just like, what? what? Yeah, it, it is. It's very laughable, <laughs> but it's true because we're people. And it's literally like, you know, we let something so little like that. And, you know, we get into this whole offense and we make it this whole big old thing. Let's I want to do a little illustration because I brought my umbrella. Yay. Justin, you want to come up and help me? So this is what it's like when we're walking with God and things are going well and just stand right there for me. And things are going well and we're having good fellowship with God and we're walking in love and we're being kind-hearted to people. And I mean, it, it, it's, we're really close and it feels so good. And we have good times together, and, you know, and then those different things. But then, you know, something, somebody hurts you a little bit, you know, and I'll put you right, right here. Somebody hurts you a little bit, and it puts this, like, you start feeling like, man, you know, when I worship God, like, I'm feeling like we're not as close. Like at one time I felt like we were like BFFs and I don't know what's going on. Like I, I feel like God can't, I can't hear him. Like is God talking to me? Aaliyah, come here. Like, you know, you, you've talked to people like that when they're like, I don't know. It's like when I come to church, like the worship's not really doing it for me. And, you know, I just don't quite understand. And no, yep, yep, that works. And, you know, all of a sudden now, Something else happens. 
somebody irritated you. You ever notice that when you're having a bad day or somebody irritates you, it's not just one person, it's like a, a domino effect. Like you have something on, my, on your forehead that says, irritate me, irritate me, get on my nerves, do something stupid, say something stupid. Do everything that bothers me all at one time. So this becomes your day. Like, you know, it started off with this one little thing and then this next thing, and then next thing you know, you know, I need somebody else. Come here, Allie. <laughs> Today, irritant. <laughs> and so, next thing you know, you're standing on the outside of God's covering. You've got this hurt, you've got this irritation, You've got unforgiveness. You've got these things. And now, God, where are you? Are you hearing me when I pray? I don't understand why things are going this way. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm getting raindrops on my head. <laughs> why aren't things working? because we've allowed these things to get in between our relationship with God. It clearly says if we don't forgive others, then he can't forgive us. And if we're in a place of unforgiveness in our life, and if he can't forgive us, he can't be all up on us. We can't be under his covering. We can't be close to him. You can't be close to God and have sin in you. So when you wake up every morning, Lord, forgive me, and God, I forgive him. You can go sit down, and I forgive her. She can go sit down, and I forgive you, and now things are right. That's how it's supposed to be, right? Under his covering, under his wings, him blessing, the blessings coming down things being taken care of, things moving, things working, God using you in prayer, God using you to minister to people. You know, we have this challenge, and we're supposed to be going out. Do you know what separates us from the world? Is our ability to forgive. That's something so Christian you want to talk about being a Christian and being a light. It's that. It's when somebody offends you and does you wrong in front of a crowd of people and you're able to turn your cheek with everybody watching you. Do you know what happened at that cross after Jesus said, Father, forgive them, and the way he displayed himself and that prayer that he prayed? You know, God is so faithful that, you know, when, he, when you pray, he answers your prayers. And when Jesus prayed, he answered that prayer. Do you know one of the soldiers left that place and they believed? And not too long after that, Peter that denied him got himself right, and then God was able to use him to bring forgiveness, to bring the message of forgiveness, to, to bring what Jesus did on the cross to 3,000 people, and they got saved because Jesus didn't go up there and say, I didn't do it, it wasn't my fault. 
They hurt me. God, you deal with them, they're your people. No, it was because he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the soldier got saved and the 3,000 got saved and we received forgiveness. Your act of forgiving somebody else may be the very thing that drives them to him. If he's asking us to do it, that means he gives us the strength in order to do it. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. He knows the things you've been going through. He knows that you were in relationship with that person for years and years, and you were BFFs and life was good. He knows how they hurt you and how they offended you. He dealt with it. He went through it. But you know what our forgiveness does for other people? We, when we ask, when we forgive them, we are asking God to be merciful on them. You guys know when people do really bad things, they need mercy. They need us to pray for them. Because at the end of the day, we all either go to heaven or we go to hell. And if my prayers can help, if my walking in forgiveness can help somebody else, if my going through pain and hurt can help somebody else avoid hell, I think it's worth it. Because in eternity, I'm not going to experience any pain. I'm not going to have any problems. Everything's going to be good. So in this limited time that I'm here, if it's a little hard and it's a little difficult, you know, it's okay. Because I want all of you to be able to go. Everybody didn't have my upbringing. Everybody didn't grow up up in church like me. Everybody didn't hear about the Word of God. Everybody didn't come from great homes. People come from different places and go through different things, and we don't understand everybody's hurt. We don't understand everybody's pain, and we don't have to. But us showing them forgiveness allows God to be able to come and forgive them and for their lives to be turned around. Going over time. But I'm going to end with this story. It's not in my notes, but it just came to me. When I graduated from Rhema, um, I traveled with a, an evangelist. And um, so he would preach and I would, I would sing and he would share his testimony. And he had such a phenomenal testimony. And God used him um, in miracles, healings. I mean, just great meetings. And he was convicted of murder in jail for murder. Life. I didn't know that. I'm traveling with this man, and he shared his testimony. I was like, what? I remember sitting on the front row, and I'd never heard his testimony before, and he's like, yes, I was away for life for murder, and I'm like, what? First of all, you never would have been able to pick that up from him, and the way God used him in such a phenomenal way, 
And God worked in, in the jail, in the prison system. God sent someone in, shared the love of God with him. He got saved. And, you know, anyway, something happened where it all worked out, but he's out. But thousands of people came to Christ. Miracles, signs, wonders, because God used a forgiven person. God used someone who had been pardoned. God uses us. We've been pardoned. And with the same forgiveness, with the same love that he loved us, we should love and extend that to others. Everybody doesn't know what you know. And in the next few weeks, we'll talk about how walking in forgiveness, you know, there are things that you go through and God turns those things for good, but he can't do it if you're in bitterness. He knows how to turn our hurt into good things. But don't be stuck here in that hurt. And don't be going around judging people. They were so bad, they should have been. Why are they here? Why are they doing this? And just because we forgive doesn't mean that we get to judge people and decide what their consequences should be. We think we can play God. Like, God, I'm going to forgive them. But uh, you got to get them. And God's justice is perfect. So don't go around trying to judge and trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to go ahead and forgive them, but I'm only going to forgive them because I know that the consequences that they're going to face are big. No, that's not love. That's not forgiveness. God has the ability to forgive us and to remove our guilt. We don't have that ability. When we offer forgiveness, we don't remove anybody's guilt. You know, sometimes we, you know, if you've ever um, asked for forgiveness for somebody or got things right with somebody and they just go off and they're like, yeah, I'm glad you said you're sorry because you showed we're wrong. And then they go off and you're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had to ask for forgiveness from someone who was in the wrong. I mean, now that's life right there. That's living. <laughs> that's real Christian living. When you know <laughs> everything within you. But God is so good. And he has a plan. And he wants to use us. And we need to be able to pray for all men and all those that are in authority. And we need, God needs us to do our part especially in these last days. And so we need to check ourselves every single day. Every day, check yourself and make sure your heart is right. You're walking in love. You're walking in forgiveness. 
You're being kind and tenderhearted towards one another. And you may miss it because you're human. But you get back up. Lord, I'm sorry. I missed it. I missed a real good opportunity to walk in forgiveness and I walk in love. And you know what? And God has had me sometimes. uh, I did that in the office a few weeks ago. I was in somebody's office and they were like, oh, I have this idea and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, what? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, whatever. And my words were harsh. I was irritated about something else, and I came in, and I spoke in that same irritation. And when I left her office, Holy Spirit was like, now that was rude and ugly, and you need to go back. I was like, dang it. (laughs) Came around, knocked on the door, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was so rude. My words were harsh. I was ugly. There was no excuse for it. I'm just wrong. Will you please forgive me? And she was so kind, and she forgave me. And I went in my office, and I was like, get it together, Ty. I don't want to be going around having to apologize to everybody all day long. (laughs) But one thing I did was when he spoke to me, I immediately went and did it. I didn't take time to try to figure it out, talk myself out of it, da-da-da-da. I was like, yeah, I'm wrong. And it's painful to have to go back. But when you do that, it helps you. Because the next time I went to open my mouth and say something with that person and I was irritated, I was like, mm, check. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. Such, so, so good. That's such a good idea. You're an amazing person. Do you know how pretty you are today? And I was like, extra. Because I was like, I'm not doing that again. I'm getting it together. I'm getting it together.